0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. Remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. I have to tell you, some people, I, I had to get water. I, I get these glasses for water for my guests. And I usually go to the 99-cent store, but a new store opened next door, and it's called the Dollar King. And I go in, and it's a dollar 11. And I'm thinking, how do you come up with that number? A dollar 11 for a dollar store? Then when they want to give you a tax, it's a dollar 21. So I really don't think they should be called the Dollar King. And I'm thinking, do they know that they're they're like? They're over. I mean, when you open a store, don't you try to get competition? They're brand new. So you would sit there and go, Okay, maybe I'll go to ninety-eight cents or maybe ninety-six cents. But they go a dollar eleven. So and the and the, the glasses, they they're they're crappy. I mean, I thought they were they're like the college glasses I have when I went to school, you know, where we'd have a keg party, we'd have like the thick insulated red glass. And these things are like flimsy, it's like I can see through it. It's like it's the worst glass. I feel bad. And my guest is uh, Jody Lynn O'Keefe. How you doing? I'm good. I feel bad giving that glass. No,
1: no, I'm enjoying this 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 red cup I think my my idea about the dollar store is that they don't ever go over well they don't hit the two dollar mark it's, right it's below so it's a dollar or whatever yeah but it's
0: irritating because it says <laughs> the dollar store so everything should be a dollar and everything then
1: they, should be a dollar and they charge a tax.
0: tax and it's a dollar nine and so you know it, it's a pretty, no no I gotta ask you you yes. we, we talked before you came in. What <laughs> happened at your house today?
1: <laughs> well, I live quite close to you and I had plenty of time to get here and I was getting ready to leave and I have a I have a new puppy at home. His name is Moses. He's an English bulldog that I first fostered and then and then he just worked out, so I decided to keep him around. And I was getting ready to leave and my routine is to say goodbye to the boys, my my dogs, George and Moses, and no Moses. Couldn't find him anywhere. Um, he somehow got into my guest room and managed to close the door behind him, and he was in there um, having a snack. He was eating a taxidermy peacock, eating it, an, an albino taxidermy peacock that doesn't actually belong to me. <laughs> So I I walked in the room and it was it looked like someone had eaten 17 pillows. There was just white feathers everywhere.
0: Where was it on that he could reach it?
1: It was on the bed and okay. I didn't know that he could jump up that high. He can Especially when a bird is involved.
0: Now, did you adopt a dog or how did the dog? I did. And <laughs> what happened because I know a lot of people adopt dogs and I think it's great because so many people, whenever you go to a pet store, it's always, you always feel bad because like, you know, the guys like, especially when they give you the hard sell like, oh, I know. oh yeah, hey, you know, this dog is older and older dogs don't find a home. And then you're like, oh my God. And you spend like 600 bucks for a beagle. I mean, so, so how did, how did you find this dog? Uh,
1: this dog found me. He, I, my dog passed away. One of my sharp passed away. Oh no, it, it was last year. Um, and I decided that I would open my house up again to fosters. So I had a couple fosters running around and this guy just melted my heart and he had to stay. It was, it was one of the ones where I just couldn't let him go at the end. Yeah.
0: So you have two dogs?
1: I have two now. Yes.
0: Now, did they get along? Were they, were they really friendly or? Um,
1: George tolerates Moses. He, at the at the best day like (laughs) the rest of the time he's he's not too fond of him (laughs) but we're getting there i think it's because george is eight and moses is a baby and he also hasn't been fixed yet so there's there's quite a lot of testosterone in my house and i don't know if george really likes that
0: well it is weird I, I (laughs) i had an old neighbor in san diego who he never had his collie fixed and i took it to walk for a walk because he was out of town and the dog's like freaking out and i'm like going after other dogs and it's not my dog so then i look like a jerk Mm -hmm. because i'm trying to walk the dog and everyone's like who's this jerk with a mean dog and you don't want to get involved with two dogs arguing because you might get
1: bit right but
0: it's it's a crazy thing
1: well my he's not aggressive at all he's just very amorous
0: okay let's put it that
1: way so if you have legs stay away from my house (laughs) because he's gonna make love to them
0: so i want to talk to you about your career Okay. Cause, <laughs> cause, no, because you, you're, um, I'm from New Jersey.
1: Oh, I, yes. I, you're, from,
0: you're from down near Monmouth. You're down around the, in the, the Jersey Shore, right? I'm
1: from the Jersey Shore. I'm from a little town called Cliffwood Beach.
0: And I grew up in Cherry Hill. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I went to Richard Stockton College, What's which is up, down Jersey? near. What's yeah, see, on, I heard Jersey? that. I was like, I was all excited. I said, yeah. see, I love when New Jersey people come in. because I do too. It's just, it's a different, well, you, you, you can agree with me on this, you know, except for Chris Christie, because now we deserve to get a bad rap, because, <laughs> you know, but- we get a bad rap, and everyone's always like, Joycey, and No one says Joycey, Joycey. No, no one, one says, says that. No says And it's such a beautiful state. I mean, you grew up near the beach, and the beaches are wonderful.
1: They can be, yes. Um, my beach was not that wonderful.
0: Which beach where did you hang out at?
1: The Cliffwood Beach, which okay. was... There used to be a boardwalk. There used to be... It used to be the place to go, Um, but that was well before my time. Um, We would go to Point Pleasant for the summer. That was just 30 minutes from us. Um. My family was always in Point Pleasant. <clears throat> but just because the beach was prettier and there were things to do. The beach I grew up on, there you had to wear boots.
0: Okay, so yeah. it was sort of like, okay.
1: It, it was like the runoff from Staten Island. And <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's like, okay. <laughs> it so. like,
1: mind the syringes, you know? <laughs> okay.
0: Well, that's They used to always do that. They used to always have, like, it always cracked me up when back there, like you go to a certain beach and they say, 12th Street is closed. Mm-hmm. but 14th is open so it's like wait how <laughs> do, how does this stuff not go like to 14th okay, street yeah, yeah. And, like, and I'm like I'm just not going to water it's
1: about the currents Yuck. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so now you started modeling at a young age
1: I did now, very young
0: did you all I mean how did you decide you wanted to model because it's such a you, I, eight were you eight? I was age? eight I
1: di- I actually didn't really ever want to do it um my baby cousin was a child model, but my older sister, who's 10 years older than me, she was a model who lived in Milan. She was six feet tall, naturally blonde, blue eyes, the kind of woman who walk in a room and you lose your breath, that kind of thing. And at a certain point, my parents started talking about, do you want to try this? You know, this could be a great way to put money away for college. And with my little cousin doing it and my older sister doing it, I wanted to do everything my older sister did. Then I just said, okay, let's give this a shot.
0: So, you start modeling.
1: I started modeling. I, I, was a, I was a baby.
0: Now, what was it like for auditions? I mean, I'm thinking like if when you're eight, you know, it's <laughs> like auditions you know, now, but when you're eight, you probably, there's probably no fear because, you know, as we get older, we worry. You'd be but, surprised. But really-
1: You'd be surprised. I was very, very shy and ridiculously introverted as a child. I have no idea how I became the adult I am today, except that the business probably actually brought it out of me. Um, <clears throat> You... You have to walk into a, a crowded room and have people stare at you. It was probably my worst nightmare <laughs> as a child. Um, it took me into my adult years to actually become somewhat comfortable. I'm, I'm still awful in an audition room.
0: Awful. Really? Yeah. Well, then, Now, you start getting work at a young age, and mm. now you're modeling. Now, mm. at, at what point do you decide that you may want to act? Because you're shy, so it's sort of there not a the parallel. There no was
1: decision. I absolutely did not make that decision. It was made for me. It was an accidental thing that happened um my modeling agency in new york ford merged with a talent group way back in the day called j michael bloom and i got an audition accidentally and i fit a type i was the right hair color the right eye color the right height the right age you so be it and i was a bookworm and my mom could not keep me out of a book like she would have to threaten me to like Put down that book and do your homework. Put down that book and do whatever you're doing. I would read four books at a time. I still do that. Okay. And so they gave me a script and said, tell us what you think. And it was the first time anyone ever wanted my opinion about something I had read, really. And I just devoured it. It was, I couldn't wait for the next script. I couldn't wait for the next thing to read. And it just, it opened something in me. It was, I was far more comfortable being anyone but myself. And I sort of found the sunny side of the street in that way.
0: And then you get an audition.
1: I got an audition. I went in and I had eight callbacks on my first audition. And eight? Eight. Oh, and they oh. called my agent and my agent had no idea who I was because he hadn't hired <laughs> me. <laughs> and he called me one day and said, I'm, I'm Michael Bloom. I'd I'd like to talk to you about coming on in and meeting me and signing some contracts. We're getting a lot of response to you, and I have no idea who you are. So that's how it all started. I never looked back. I never wanted to model again, ever. Yeah.
0: Now, you ended up on a soap opera.
1: I did. That was my very first gig. That was my training ground. No previous experience. Never took an acting class. And let me tell you, if you're going to learn, that's the place.
0: Well, I always say that because I've had people who have been on soap operas, mm-hmm. and they say it's, the, it's one of the hardest things because you Constantly, it's not like, you know, you've been an episodic, so that's you yes. learn a line. But when you go soap opera, it's like, do your lines, you do it, then you go home and you have to learn your lines again. And now, do you think you, it was easier for you because you were a book firm and you were very uh, liked reading and that you just... It's it was yes, easier. Yes,
1: it was much easier. I I have a memory that's sometimes almost photographic. I can see the page in my head. So I don't only know my lines, I know everyone else's, which I found out really early on that that is a very irritating thing and no one likes it. Right. <laughs> 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 don't ever tell another actor what their line is.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> when they forget it, you let someone else tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> no
0: that's true cause especially when you're a especially young especially if
1: you're a 13 year old jerk and <laughs> don't 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 think it's okay
0: <laughs> so you're 13
1: yep and now
0: what's it like when you first go on the set because as you said you modeled you didn't think you know i just said the acting came out of nowhere and then you're sitting there and you go onto this set i mean were you did you know what to do because i mean I, it no. must be confusing
1: i had no idea it was just a blind person really i Everything was completely new to me. I was totally overwhelmed. I was also raised on old movies. I watched every Natalie Wood movie, every black and white there ever was with my grandfather. So this was the the dream that I thought never would happen. So talk about being overwhelmed as a kid and actually being on a set and being on a soap opera set. My mom watched soaps. There, This was something that was in my house every day. I Butterflies doesn't even describe it. It, it took... A really long time for me to get used to it. <laughs> it's a long time to wipe that grin off my face. I'll tell you what.
0: I watched Another World. You did. I did when we were I'm actually, but I'm, it was before you were on. When we were in college, uh, we used to watch soaps. So I was we like the class. third
1: Maggie Corey. I think. I think there were like seven total. <laughs> like, this week. Playing the role of Maggie Corey is. Don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah, it's, they always say, you know, it's it like you're, you're, you're watching a soap opera and I was like
0: playing Luke is, yeah. is, and it's like the one day you watch, it, that's not Luke. That's not Luke. That's <laughs> some other guy with a bad hair. Ah, uh, the magic of soaps. <laughs> so now, uh-huh. how long How long did you do the soap opera for?
1: I was on a soap opera for six months.
0: Okay, so now, w- were you enjoying it or were you getting tired of it? No,
1: I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was in Brooklyn. I was at the old NBC studios where they shot the Cosby show. I was across the street from what I thought was the greatest deli of all time in the world. I, I couldn't have been happier. I shot a show a day, and I worked five days a week.
0: What was your favorite sandwich at the deli?
1: My favorite sandwich? Oh, anything with turkey on it okay. was my favorite at the time, like turkey and and Basically, if you loaded a sandwich with everything that there was in the deli, I was happy.
0: So now you're 13. Are people oh. recognizing you? And And no. what's that like? Oh, God. No, because no. I think because people watch soap opera, so they're probably... Because the soap opera fans are, are Listen, a little bit crazy. I,
1: I would get... Leave the set, go home to Jersey. There's no one recognizing me.
0: <laughs> so you're acting on that, and so now why'd you leave the soap opera?
1: I didn't leave the soap opera. Actually, we got a new executive producer came in. She was hired, and she sort of systematically recast most of the roles with actors that she want that she had worked with before and that she had used before. And I think there were probably four or five of us that went right away and were replaced with with people that she thought fit the role. Which is, you know, your prerogative. It's your show.
0: Now, had the acting bug already taken you over, though?
1: Oh yeah, that was it. I the acting bug took me over when someone handed me a script. Okay. My life was inside of a book, so a script came into my hand, and that was it. That was just I, I didn't understand how it could happen or why it would happen, but I wanted it to happen.
0: So you're you're you got the acting bug. You have a agent. You have a I show. do. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I'm sure so, you have a show on who your belt. He now knows
1: who I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, we've now met. <laughs> you signed
0: contracts. <laughs> yep. And he knows, he knows you're an earner, so you know, he's happy. I, well, <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> a minimal earner at that time. <laughs>
0: so, so now, what do you? What is your? Where do you go from there? Because you still are a young kid. And it's a matter of you still are a Jersey girl.
1: I've and been through. What,
0: do you, what? where do you sit there in your mind? Do you sit there and go, okay, I want to go out to L.A. or I want to stay in New Jersey? Or what do you do?
1: I actually didn't have much time to think about it. I was pretty blessed at the beginning of my career. Um, the soap ended and I had an audition immediately for Nash Bridges. Okay. And um, I auditioned several times for that. And then the next thing you know, mom and I are on a plane going to Los Angeles for a screen test and then we're so overwhelmed that we're in LA and that night I get a call and they tell me to pack my bags. I'm moving to San Francisco.
0: Now what's that like? Cause one, well, first of all, you grew up in New Jersey and we're yeah. used to the weather. Now San Francisco is beautiful. The weather though is somewhat the fall. They have a fall.
1: They they sort of have, you know, it's sort of grayish <laughs> most of the year. And then September, October, November is their summer.
0: So is that somewhat overwhelming? Cause are you, how old were you when this happened?
1: 15, 16, some somewhere around that neighborhood.
0: Like, did your friends at school sit there and go, "We're gonna miss you"? I mean, because it's gotta yeah. be it's gotta I, be weird because you grew up with these kids, probably.
1: I did, I did actually. I I switched school, schools when I went to high school, so it was a whole new group of kids from. You know, when I went to elementary school, so.
0: And did you go to St. John Vianney? I went to St. John Vianney. I read Vianney. that, and I know a guy <laughs> from college at Stockton, and his name was John Planchek or something like that, but he went to St. John Vianney, and Pavlonek, John John and Marty Pavlonek were two guys that went to St. John nice, Vianney, because nice. I was reading your bio. I'm like, St. John, I haven't heard that since I was at Stockton right? back in like 86. Right. So you moved to San Francisco. Now I it's, moved
1: to San Francisco, and I finished school through the mail, if you can believe it.
0: How, how does that happen?
1: They send you everything, and um, you basically learn all the material and take a test.
0: So, do you have to give a certain time frame a day for school, or you can? Yeah,
1: you- at the time I did because it was mandatory. I was a minor. You know, you you have to go to school, or you have to get a GED. And I wanted to finish school.
0: So. So you go to San Francisco for Nash Bridges. Now, did you think it would become a hit? I mean, because you're you're newer, you don't really know the business. I
1: didn't know a thing. I. Can I say this on air? I didn't know my ass from my elbow. You can honestly. say whatever you want. Oh, all right. it's internet. Can, oh, what's up, can, internet? You,
0: it's, it's played all over the country. Well, no, one station no, of one station now, of, one now station you've of, done it. No, well, one, one station of Florida, I think they're actually yeah. on the radio, but but it's all fine. Right. But well, you can say whatever you want.
1: I am a Jersey girl, so, so look I out. know. Uh-huh. There you go.
0: So so now you go there. So you no know, idea what you know? Do you know your ass from your elbow? No,
1: I really didn't. It was a, a whole new exciting, amazing world, and I was just excited because I thought I was seeing the world, you know. I was from Jersey. Where have I ever ever been? Florida. That was, you know, would go and visit the grandparents in Florida. That was the the big escape from Jersey. So that's
0: a Jersey outlet.
1: Yeah, it is. So San Francisco was mind blowing. I ate my way from one end of that town to the other.
0: Food's so good. Oh man! I
1: it mean, turns out I'm a foodie. Are you? Yeah. Found out in San Francisco. <laughs> so now you you
0: go you go you're a foodie. You're young. You're in a new city. And now it's a completely different kind of TV show because mm-hmm. the fact that you went from a soap opera, now it's episodic and it's yes. an hour show. And so, how do you acclimate to that? I mean, do you sit there and go, "Man, this is pretty. This is pretty easy. You know, I like, can only go on the set.
1: Well, I don't know. It, easy? It's it's just different. It's not easy. Um, the soap you shoot a, a show a day, and so you're constantly shooting around the clock. There there is the nice part of shooting an episodic where if you're lucky to be part of a huge ensemble, you don't shoot every day. Sometimes you shoot every day, but you maybe only shoot a few hours a day. I, I that's the last time that happened to me, by the way. <laughs> Since then. I've been I, I have fifteen hour days every day. <laughs> that's my thing. I work every day and and happy about it.
0: So you're on there. The show first season is now is it it, you're sure it's going to be definitely one season
1: yeah I'm thinking you know here we go we'll shoot this for a year and then it just kept on going it was like like I said I kind of hit the lottery in the beginning I went from one job to another and I got onto a series that actually had a really great run and a fantastic cast and I grew up there I grew up in San Francisco which is amazing because I never thought girl from Jersey just never thought
0: well, it's so random. It's so random. Why
1: San Francisco? Yeah. Of all places, you'd never think that. Because <laughs> you're you're in a, you're thinking the you're in a show. The dream was move to Manhattan.
0: Okay. The so dream like,
1: was live in the city, the place I was really familiar with, possibly go to school in the city. Nope. Didn't happen.
0: Now, what's it like growing up? Someone in the public eye Because it was a hit And it's like for me You know I I went to high school Then I went to college And you know We were And it's such a And it's such a rebellious age And then people can sit there And say You know When people go Oh well those You know Some people Oh you know Like Justin Bieber He acts up Well I'm sorry When I was that age If I was If I was making That kind of money I was sort of Out of control in college If I had people going Oh here's millions Here's a Ferrari to drive You're damn right I'd be doing it Well
1: nobody gave me millions But no one gave me a Ferrari (laughs) But I I sure did act up (laughs) (laughs) because how could you not? You're a kid.
0: Now, what's it like getting recognized all of a sudden? Because you're, you're, you know, as you said, you were a shy kid. And now all of a sudden you're on a show that's on CBS. And the difference with TV back then is there was only, you know, there's not as so many shows. So when a show gets a good rating, there's millions of people watching it.
1: It's true. Although I, again, I was like in a strange bubble. I was in San Francisco and I occasionally came to Los Angeles maybe to have an audition or take a meeting and in san francisco the city just kind of embraced us and they loved us so you just wander around and you get a hey hey cassidy you know that kind of thing there wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like it is now now things are a little bit stranger um especially since prison break people like to grab me which is <laughs> that one Always gets me. I like it when someone shakes me.
0: (laughs) Do you get to people come up and shake you? Uh,
1: I had a woman come up to me in the street, and she was smiling, so I wasn't really ready for it. And she grabbed my shoulders and she shook me, and she was just smiling. And she goes, "Oh, I hate you so much. You're so wonderful." So (laughs) there's that. You know, I I said thank you, thank you, madam. (laughs) <laughs> for the firm shake thank you i'm just going to continue down the street now <laughs>
0: that, that must be scary especially when it's someone just like people shaking you it must well be.
1: with the grin too you don't think you're going to get the shake you, <laughs> you you think someone's smiling they might they might say something nice or shake your hand not your shoulders
0: so Nash bridges runs for five years yes and so you're sitting on the show
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're sitting every year after a second year you probably know it's going to get renewed
1: you know you never know You just don't know you know right before we start they they tell you after every show has aired and not a moment before
0: now when it finally ends Mm -hmm. as you said it's it must be hard because i know you probably got very close to the the crew and you're like a family and you were growing up there it
1: it was like my family it certainly was
0: so what do you do as an actor at a young age you're you're and it's a fragile age but you know we're we're emotional how do you sit there and all of a sudden go wow this is over and and then you sit there and go and to think you're already a big success because you had a sitcom, I mean not a sitcom, a, a soap, and mm-hmm. then you had a, a drama. So you've done more than most actors older than you have done. So you have to be very feel very accomplished, but are you a little bit scared too because you're like, what am I going to oh, do now?
1: out of my wits. And then I got told I had to come to Los Angeles and I thought, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> I have to move to LA? Gah! Being from the East Coast, you hear you're going to Los Angeles, your world is over. You know, you just like the land of eternal sunshine and driving.
0: I, you know, and the funny thing is, I always say, that, but the problem with the driving is, you know, everyone gives New Jersey people a hard time about driving. New Jersey people do drive crazy, but they know how to drive. Yes, they do. Out here, people do not know how to drive. I live in Burbank, and I swear to God, no one uses their blinker. No. They're all on their cell phone.
1: No. I, it, I'm telling you, it's like every day there's three things that get me no blinker. You're on your cell phone, and my personal favorite, the pull out and die. Which Cut is- me off, and then don't accelerate.
0: That's yeah. Oh my God. The pull
1: out and die gets yeah. me all the time. I'm always. I'm sh- I just shake my fist now because well, it that, makes me feel better.
0: See, I get, <laughs> I, I, I get irritated because I go well, over like are Ralphs. There's a Ralphs I go to in an Alameda, and the people never. There's stop signs, but it's not a stop sign. It's written stop. You know, it's under yeah. and they always <laughs> blow that. And I'm always sitting there going, "Wait a second! You know, it's it's a stop sign. They go right through it. And what pisses me off is the people that sit there and they want the second person. You let one person go in, and then the second person wants to get in, and you're like, "I can't do that. So I'll miss the light. One at a time, guys. One at a time.
1: Everyone take your turn. Yeah."
0: Now you never but growing up you never so you never got to drive the traffic circles in New Jersey
1: I <laughs> know but I'm driving them now. trust me <laughs> I, I was just there for the holiday and um I every time I hit another roundabout, I thought this will never end this get, I gotta get out of here. this is uh, how did I ever live
0: uh, how do you
1: how do you get around these things they're so confusing.
0: that's what they did when well we had the circles when you're young yeah. that's when you were allowed to drive your parents to say, okay, just don't stop. And when you get through it, that means you're ready to drive. And right. you to sit there and you would drive terrified. And now it's like, now that where I grew up, Cherry Hill, they're all gone. They're jug handles. So it's a pain in the ass. Uh, so you end Nash Bridges and you move to LA. You so, move to LA. So now and what you think you, your
1: world is over.
0: Now, where did you move? What was your first neighborhood? Venice. Okay. So that's a good, well, Venice was a, nice, but crazy then too.
1: Yeah. But very cool because I could take my bicycle anywhere. So that was my saving grace. I would get home at night and from work or whatever I was doing, and I could walk down the street, and I could go to the firehouse, or I could go to um, the Rose Cafe, or just walk around the streets of Venice. Um, <clears throat> I loved it there. I loved the beach. I loved the whole beach life. And then I went from there straight into Hollywood. Terrible decision.
0: Now, what kind of roles <laughs> were you going for when you, after Nash Bridges, because you now you're still you've had the soap, you've had the drama. I saw you on Dharma Greg for. A, yeah, a, I actually
1: I actually did some film work after. Nash, um, She's All That, Whatever It Takes, Halloween H20, my first film role, which, you know, I, again, talk about being lucky in this business. I'm a horror movie buff, and I got You're to- You're a horror movie? Yeah, and I got to work with Jamie Lee Curtis. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> what are some of your favorite horror movies?
1: <laughs> They're all my favorite. There's not some. There's, <laughs> there's not one that I don't like. The only one that really kind of freaks me out is um, Saw. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like the old school kind of horror, like the curtain moves and you get scared. Um, a noise happens and you jump, that kind of thing. I, as a kid, I would spend all my time behind the couch covering my eyes and my ears while the horror movies are on, but I wouldn't leave the room.
0: Okay. See, I'm, I'm I'm, a one. I get, I still get freaked out by The Exorcist.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you know, sit there. I, yes. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you sit there and you think yeah. it's like
0: this, the special effects when she's above the bed, you're like whatever, but you sit there and you're like, you're... You're trembling. You're sitting there going, wait a second, I know this isn't real. Yeah. I know it's peace And
1: I've also seen it. <laughs> and I'm still terrified, yeah.
0: So so you're getting, the now what was it like being in a movie now? Because once again, now you're transitioning from, yeah. you've, you've been doing a transition. You've been going from soap to TV. You're making, the, you know, it must be cool. So now being in a movie must be different because once again, it's a different kind of shoot.
1: It was amazing. It was a, a, such a cool experience because there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's the end. There's, a certain period of time and then you've shot it and then you move on. So there's there's a a benefit to that, there's a benefit to being on a series. On a series you can kind of really learn about who your character is and you get to spend a lot of time walking around in their shoes. You get a year if you're lucky, you get ten years if you're hitting the lottery on every level, if you get to just stay in that character for that long and have a successful show. In a film, you have to adapt, get in there, become who you're gonna become, and then three months later Bob's your uncle. You're done. And you try and become someone else.
0: Now, at any time during this, were you, did you take acting lessons or did you just learn on the fly? Because I've,
1: I've been learning on the fly the entire time. So still, when you, still learning on the fly.
0: How do you get into a character then? When you said when you're in a movie, it's different. Because as you said, TV, you have the chance to grow the character. You do.
1: But well, you know, I, I really do believe that there are all of these characters inside all of us. They're... That's who people are. We just we have so many different sides to us. So you just have to find a place in yourself where you can relate. You might not always agree, but you can relate. And then especially like with the woman I played in Prison Break, you know, a lot of people walk around and say, oh, I could kill that person. We all have those thoughts. We just don't act on them. The difference is she acted on them. So, you know, it's just all part of us that's my theory anyway so far it ain't broken so i'm not gonna try and fix it (laughs) you've been
0: working forever so it's working good i mean that's what i'm saying
1: and also like i told you it was so much more comfortable for me to be anyone but me i i was so so horribly painfully shy and non-confrontational and afraid in the world and it just being someone else allowed me to not be those things
0: yeah, well, no, but you've changed now, but you're not, yeah, yeah. how long did it take you to change that just to sit there? Did you feel like you grew into your skin? Or? I did.
1: I absolutely figured out who I was by being other people.
0: But that's good though. Yeah. And now you're you. Now I'm me. And you're happy and then you can still play other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and it's still it's still the most fun thing in the world to play other people.
0: <laughs> so now, when you were in Dharma, Greg, what was it like doing a sitcom? Oh, because Greg. you had... You, it's such a different... And that was such a great sitcom. But it was... I mean, what's it like all of a sudden now it's a sitcom and once again, it's a 30-minute... I mean, you're bouncing around.
1: Well, I don't know if you... Because you, we've just met. But if I can fall on my face and make someone laugh, I'm my happiest. So they finally gave the clown a shot at being funny. And um, greatest experience of my life. I actually... Wake up in the morning with the dream of doing another sitcom every day. Do you? I you... do. <laughs> I know. It, that That's the ultimate. That's the end game. That's weekly live audience funny, fun times. And Chuck Lorre, anytime he asks me to do anything, I'm there.
0: Well, he's, I mean, that guy. In a
1: flash. I mean, in a flash.
0: I mean, yeah, it's Chuck Lorre. I mean it's, you sit Chuck there, it's like you sit there and you go, okay, CBS, you can thank. Your number one ratings because of him.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's all due to him.
0: So now, as you're going through your career, I noticed that later you were on a show called The Evidence, mm-hmm. and now you played an officer. Yes. Now, so what's it like? You, I mean, you think? I mean, it always fascinates me, like someone like you. You started at 13, okay? They sit there, then you play, and then she's all that, you know. You're, you're a certain age, and then all of a sudden, now you're a police officer, and it must be as an actor that must be great because you're really you're growing up on screen, and they're not sitting there going, okay, you know what? We're gonna make her still play these roles they let you be a cop what's it like being a cop
1: it's so much fun it's it's everything you know you you have to um you have to learn how to handle weapons you have to do a lot of stunt work it's just fun it's just a whole nother thing that i get to sink my teeth into and i, I find that um people really want me to hold a gun any reason why I, you know i don't know <laughs> it's been since, the, since the beginning they're like hey Give that tall girl a gun. I, I I don't know what it is. I'm either the bad guy or the cop, but somehow I'm always holding a weapon, usually a really awkward, large one.
0: Now, have you have you shot a gun in real life?
1: I, I had to. I had to I mean, learn they, how to do it. So what do they do?
0: What is the training for that? I mean, they sit there and I go, okay, because I know there's a shooting range in Burbank, which yeah. is weird. It's in the middle of like, I can go to Costco. I can, <laughs> oh, go, to I can go, go to the shooting range. range.
1: That's exactly what you have to do. You have to, you have to learn how to fire weapons. I mean, thankfully, I shoot a lot of blanks. Because guns actually scare the hell out of me.
0: Why do they scare you?
1: They're scary things. They're in the wrong hands. Look what can happen. I I should never have a gun, like a real gun. I should never have a gun. I trip over my own feet walking down the street. You should never put a firearm in my
0: hands. Well, that makes sense. You One trip. with a
1: blank, no problem.
0: Okay. <laughs> so now, as you're acting, well, so that's you know, it's it's, it's good because you know at least, but you like to make people laugh. So I do. if you have a blank <laughs> and you trip, that that would be a very good. It's sketch. happened
1: many times, sir. <laughs> I fell face down in the street in San Francisco <laughs> with a gun in my hand. See, that's something. That, and,
0: <laughs> and see, now you laughed. Are you? Are you one of those people? Have you ever walked into a glass door?
1: It's 20 times. is it all awful- <laughs> One time, I knocked myself out. No, no.
0: Tell me. I want to hear about this.
1: I. I was leaving a hair salon. It was a salon I'd been to a million times. It was where I always got my hair cut. And they put in new doors. And the new doors had gone up. And they even mentioned it to me. (laughs) But they had yet to put the logo of the salon on the door. And someone had just cleaned the doors. You couldn't see them. They were floor-to-ceiling glass. I was getting ready to leave. I turned around to say goodbye to my friends at Privé at the time on Beverly. And I walked headlong into the glass and I was down on the ground. I was out. I hit my head so hard, gone.
0: The worst thing, <laughs> and the, well, the thing is, the worst thing is when you think about it, when you, when you run into a door. <laughs> yeah. Now, we all, we wake, you know, you probably woke up and went, and you probably said to yourself, if I had seen someone else do that, I probably would have laughed. Yeah,
1: I have a problem with that. I laugh and I also point. <laughs> I get this from my mother. Um, she laughs and points. It's a nervous reaction. It happens. I can't help myself. But if you're in my presence and you fall down, probably we're not going to be friends at the end because a lot of people get offended by that, (laughs) including my father, who at a certain point turned to both my mother and I and said, you're both assholes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny. There's something funny about it. I I remember in college, I was going to this bar and I was a little tipsy because it was college and it was icy out and I slipped and I fell right on my ass. And then I thought it was funny. I got up and it happened like three times. And to, it happened to me. Now, if I saw someone else, I probably would have been hunched over laughing so hard. But to me, it was funny because just stuff like that can be funny.
1: Yes. Um, I was walking down the street in San Francisco with my mom and my sister. They had come to visit me and I was on set and they had given me probably a 30-minute break. And they said, don't go too far if you just want to go just down the block. And grab something to eat with your family. That's fine as long as you're, you can walk right back if we need you. Because they were still, it wasn't a lunch break. They were still shooting. I just happened to not be a part of that setup. So they said, don't take off your wardrobe. Well, I was dressed like a hooker. And I went walking down the street with my mom and my sister. And my heel went into a tree grate. And it catapulted me forward. And so the, my open-toed shoes, my toes went into the tree grate. And I was face down in the street with my very short skirt up. So I was bare assed, face down, San Francisco street, toes stuck in the grate. And my mom and my sister are laughing so hard that they can't help me. That's they literally, they're <laughs> laughing and pointing in the street. And I'm just quietly going, please guys, somebody just pull my toes out of the grate please, or cover my ass. One or the other.
0: You <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> and, and the laughing, that's New Jersey in them because that's the you stuff know, we laugh about.
1: That's the stuff we laugh about. By the way, I was laughing too. But it took them a good few minutes to get a hold of themselves in order to help me out of the tree grate.
0: <clears throat> so now your career's going along great. <laughs> you're in a tree grate. No, you're um, bare you're in bare the street. Street. No, okay, San so,
1: Francisco, your career's going great, kid. Yes. So you, you've been work,
0: you've been working your whole life. And then all of a sudden, been working my whole life. And now Prison Break comes up. Now when you auditioned, did you audition? Was that an offer?
1: I auditioned. I auditioned for every role I've ever gotten.
0: Now Prison Break. Once, well, that lady came up and shook you, but mm. it was one of those shows that had a really devout following now what did you think when you read for the role and were you sitting there going this show is going to be impactful and people are going to love it because it must be hard because you've been on a lot of shows Mm -hmm. and you can never tell because there's probably some shows you read for and you went this is gonna be the best show ever and you go
1: and then they shoot the pilot and then they throw it in the can and you never see it that's happened to me so many times this show i was a huge fan of this show so you want to talk about Blowing it on your first audition. I mean, I I don't think I could have been more nervous. It was everything to me. I was th- probably the number one Prison Break fan at the time. <clears throat> so I I don't know why they brought me back. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Well, they saw something in that room that first time. But then eventually, I sort of felt like I got I got it together, and I um I feel like I did a good job, and I and ultimately. After you know so many auditions and then the screen testing, uh, they decided that I was the one.
0: Now, why do you think? I mean, did you think you blew it because you were such a fan of it? I yeah. Mean,
1: oh no, I I was more nervous than I've ever been for any single audition ever because I wanted it so badly.
0: So do you? I mean, that's just do you think it came across that first day, or do you think they may have thought that okay, you know, she's a little nervous. They know your record. You're a pro. I'm
1: sure they knew I was nervous. I I don't think I couldn't I could have hidden it. I really don't. Um, and then on top of it, my audition piece was an old script from the show that had actually already been shot, and I was reading the part of Mahone. There was no Susan B. Anthony. There was no Gretchen. There was no... They gave me a different... They gave me a man's role to read and to you, see if I could pull off the part of an assassin because Mahone was one of the bad guys.
0: And you had known that role, though, because you knew oh, the show.
1: Oh, did I ever.
0: So you, you had it... <laughs> so you must have been like, wow, with your photographic memory and watching the show, you must have been like, I, I'm going to I'm gonna nail this.
1: Well, no. I actually... I was quaking in my boots. Why? Because I was a fan. Yeah, but you knew it. Listen, when I got the job and they sent me to go and shoot, the first two weeks of that of shooting, the director would have to come up to me and tell me to wipe the shit eating grin off my face <laughs> because it was not scary. He was like, okay, you have to stop smiling because you you're you have to kill this person and you have to stop smiling. And I, I can remember distinctly saying, but that's Michael Schofield. I could, still to this day, <laughs> I was just in Vancouver. I was shooting Lucifer. And next door to Lucifer, I mean, on the same set as Legends of Tomorrow. And my buddies, Dominic and Wentworth, are over there. And I still, uh, it's still Michael Schofield to me. I'm sorry, it still is. I still have a hard time. I went over there
0: and I was like,
1: <laughs> Went, it's so nice to see you. And it's like, hey, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how you doing, Michael?
0: <laughs> so at what point in this show, because you're such a big fan, when do you start to actually get over the whole fascination and the nervousness because I'm sure you were probably sitting there the scenes with these characters that you love it must be yeah. as you know w- at what point did you start getting over that going okay you know what I gotta I gotta I gotta put my my foot down and really concentrate on this stuff
1: well it, it happened immediately I mean I I was so happy to be there um <laughs> that it just I sunk my teeth in right away I'm, pr- I'm pretty proud of that show I'm pretty proud of being the bad guy and and what I did, I I was so in love with all of it. <clears throat> um, so once I got, I got stopped smiling. Um, but I was, I was working hard every night. Trust me, I was, I was trying to be the best terrifying bad guy I could be.
0: Now, when you have a crowd mm. of viewers. That are as I said are devout, they're sort of like the prison break people, or sort of mm-hmm. like I would say, like sort of like the Star Trek people or the Sopranos it's people. It's amazing. They're very what's it like for you? Because you've been acting, as you said, you know, when you were younger, you were in San Francisco, no one really noticed you because it was San Francisco. Yeah. Now you're on the show and the masses don't watch it, but the people who watch it, first of all, I've heard in a role like that, when you have fans like that, they learn everything else you've ever done. And I've it stays Yes, there. they do. So what's that like for you when all of a sudden People probably know your career more than you do. It must be it must be strange for you. It just must be great, but it must be sort of like, wait, how did you know that?
1: It's surreal. It's it's very bizarre when someone can recite your entire resume back to you. Um I, I think it's so it's so amazing though. It's it's one of the most flattering things because if someone falls in love with one character, then they wanna know everything else you've done. Like you said, it's 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 amazing when they start to look back. And it's also really cool when new generations of kids start to watch things. Yeah, I, I get young girls come up to me in the street all the time because of she's all that young girls who are seeing it on television now they're not even they didn't even go and see it in a movie theater it's it's an amazing gift all of this has been really
0: well what's amazing also is for for actors now is With Netflix and Hulu and all that, now... it's
1: the wild, wild west. It's
0: Your stuff will last forever. It's so cool. So tell me some uh, things that, that during prison break, some really cool things some fans did for you. Because it had to be some cool stuff, like fan art or anything very cool that you really dug and went, this is awesome.
1: I really, I enjoy the fan art more than any single thing in the world. I especially like when someone does a rendering of me. It totally melts my heart that they took that time to... Paint a picture of me—it's unbelievable. I think it's really the letters, though. I get I get the most amazing letters, and I get a lot of letters from women, which is fantastic.
0: Now, what do some of the letters say? Are they just associate you as a strong character? How do they?
1: Yeah, yeah, they 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 say things to me like you know you're a woman and you're doing this, and I, I've had young girls tell me you're my idol. I, it's it's such an honor. It's it's so lovely. It's you know when I was a kid watching old movies. What what I wouldn't have given to been able to write a letter to Natalie Wood, you know.
0: Now, do you think also because of the influx of social media that it's it makes it easier for your fa- it makes it easier for your fans to get in touch with you? So that must be great. But also where the where the happiness comes, there's also there's a lot of jerks on the internet. There's no, a lot scary. of asses. It's a
1: very scary place. Um, I have never been a real big fan of social media. I'm learning; it's new for me, but I seem to get. Well, at the beginning when I first started, I, I seemed to get a, a, quite a few people who um, had a lot of really not nice things to say immediately. So it's just it's a learning curve. You know, you just have to take it for what's positive, I think.
0: Well, I, I would think also. I, I always think that you know when they say the bad stuff, most of those people are jerks. Let's get real. And if they're you, just if,
1: trying to get a rise out of you. It's yeah, the if, other
0: thing. If you're going to sit there, I mean, who's I, I see some of the stuff people tweet at people, and I go, first of all, I wouldn't say that to someone I hate. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't sit there. I mean, I could be in an argument with my girlfriend, and I would never say the stuff. I would I don't say anything mean to her when I'm in an argument. But I'm just saying, you know, that it's just it's amazing that people say stuff and they think that it doesn't get noticed. But the funny thing is, you know, people are just getting tired of it.
1: There's a level of safety and anonymity behind all of it. You know, you don't have to actually say anything to someone's face. You just type it into a computer and you can say whatever you like and and it's almost like there's no consequence. It's it's kind of awful.
0: Now, so Prison Breaks done mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and people are recognizing you. And you have these devout fans. Now, are you do you do any of those uh conventions? I did not. It's I didn't fun. even
1: I didn't even know about it. And honestly, that was at the point where I realized social media was happening, like afterward. <laughs> Which is so funny. I, I feel like I miss the boat. I'm like the generation who is not really great with my computer and doesn't know what social media is. And yet my fourteen year old niece can reprogram my phone in two seconds flat and knows everything about social media. Do you tweet? I do occasionally. I, I've become sort of an Instagram girl.
0: Okay, now what's your Instagram? Jody L.O.K. Okay. Now, what do you what do you put up? Because I, I put up food because I, I had a health problem a while ago. So I put I always have eat healthy and cheap. Oh, I like that. And I sit there and I'll, I'll put up a dish and I'll say, get this 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 costs three dollars. You know you'll go to Del- I mean people will go to get Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, or like that kind of stuff for like five bucks when you can just buy a chicken breast and some vegetables and cook and it's like I two dollars.
1: Yeah. Um. I you know I put up I put up some personal things, not all that many, occasionally. Um, I put up pictures of fans that I meet um, anytime I... Because I've actually started um, dipping my toe into the world of conventions. Um, I've been working with a company called Creation and they are for the Vampire Diaries. So I've been doing some speaking on stage, which has been pretty great. Um, And it's all women. It's all women asking me questions about every single thing I've ever done and, and how I feel about my body and how I feel about my weight and that kind of thing. So my my social media has become there was a a young girl i met um her name was Maddie she's 13 and so happy to meet me like that i was the one person that she wanted to meet so that's really what my social media's become about it's like happy moments things having to do with work fans usually a picture or two of my dogs that kind of thing um and then i keep the rest of my personal life personal
0: it's, you should I, it, I, I it's mine
1: I don't I, there has to be something that belongs to me oh yeah it know, has to, I mean, it's
0: it's it's something that you're right it's, it's your hard personal to, life. it's hard
1: to explain that to people because they sometimes think that they have the right to know everything but there's got to be something left for me
0: oh yeah so now now after prison break you do two and a half men Sometimes. yes i do now what's that what's <laughs> that like because that was that was such a huge comedy and it was it, i mean i'll be honest you know some people go oh it was rude i, I thought it was funny
1: i th- i th- think know, it was hysterical I, again living the dream <laughs> that's all i can tell you is that i loved every single thing about that show and i got to be a part of it and it's my friend chuck Laurie again
0: now how did you did you feel that you got the comedy chops because it's completely different because it's in front of a live audience and i know you've spoken and stuff like that now you speak at these conventions but you have to get the laughs, and you have to, and it, there, there's chops in comedy. Do you feel you were growing the comedy chops? Did you know what was going on?
1: I, I feel like I do. I feel like that's the closest to my personality that I've ever really gotten, you know, is, um, that's kind of how I am all the time.
0: Now, you said the Vampire Diaries.
1: It, it, I'll tell you, though, it's the hardest thing I've ever done.
0: Why? Okay, we'll get to Vampire Diaries, but why do you think comedy, because I used to do stand-up comedy. I did it for years. and I know it's hard, but it was natural after a while, but why do you think it's so hard?
1: Well, it's a whole different rhythm that you have to learn, and it's very specific, and it's... And it's really hard to make people laugh at the same joke seventeen times, right. you get them the first three, and then after that studio audience starts to fall off you know um and it's just it it's a completely different rhythm to learn and it's 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 just a whole it's the most it's so opposite from anything i'd ever done um Still my favorite. I'm gonna say we're gonna it.
0: we're gonna get you a sitcom. I'm telling oh you, man. I, I, I say sitcom in the future. Okay. You know, and, and, and that's your PR guy's gonna help you with that. He's uh Peter's <laughs> Peter's Peter's got to know some people, some sitcom writers. You gotta get a sitcom part. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't come on. It's Look, like, he's just
1: shaking his head. He's like, oh god,
0: here we go. <laughs> a whole whole new interview circuit so yeah. to do. So now the Vampire Diaries comes yes. along, and now it's amazing. Like when I was a kid, vampires like Count Chocula was a big cereal, but vampires weren't huge. But now there's so many, there's so much thing in vampires where you liking horror movies, you must have been excited to be in a show that dealt with vampires.
1: I was. And I'll tell you, the other reason I was excited is my older sister called me up and she said, finally, finally, you're doing something I like. What the
0: hell is that? And I said,
1: <laughs> 23 years later, this is the one, this one. And she doesn't miss an episode. So, between her and my niece, I got everybody covered now.
0: <laughs> so, that's, 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 yeah, come on. You got your sister's, she's got to be, I mean, I'm sure she's proud of you, but that's, she didn't like some of the other shows. She didn't like Prison Break. You must, how as a sister can you sit there and go, I love the show? You got to look at her and go, What are you crazy? Listen, you don't like Prison Break. different strokes
1: for different folks. Vampire Diaries is her jam. Okay. What are you going to do? <laughs> she likes a vampire boy. I, I cannot blame her. Have you seen those boys?
0: They're it's handsome. a dirty
1: job. Somebody's got to do it. I had to stand on set with them for a full year.
0: So what's it like working <laughs> with these handsome guys? Because you said uh. the guys in prison break were handsome. Hey, Charlie Sheen wasn't a bad looking guy. No, he wasn't. You know, <laughs> I mean, a little crazy, but not a bad. And then the vampires, what's... I mean, you must sit there and just sit there and go, wow, I'm getting paid for this. This is great.
1: Yeah, that's what happens to me when I go to work. I'm like, they're paying me for this. <laughs> I get paid. I get I have, to, I have to look at you all day long. <laughs> yeah, I told you it's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. I have to look at beautiful women and beautiful men all day
0: long. So now the Vampire Diaries. Yep. What is that like? Because that's a whole new now. Now you because you're totally recycling your oh, crowd so, basis. You it's you so go from Prison Break to the Vampire, and and they're also another group of it's people. It's a whole other world. They're a, a little crazier than Prison Break people because they're vampire people.
1: They're I don't know if they're crazier. I just know that they're dedicated. I'll tell you that I. For me it changed everything it's it was a whole new world of fan it was a whole new world of social media it was a whole new world of everything I mean I say this in the best possible way rabid fans and I and I mean like thank goodness for them it's it's fantastic they know everything they've seen everything they know everything you've ever done and they love every single thing about the show
0: now how do you interact with them? Because, you know, you said you're a little bit claustrophobic. So if, if you're out somewhere, do they ever gather around you? And how do you handle that? Because anyone, I mean, that's a different, I mean, you've been in a public eye for your whole life, but that must just be something that you're sitting there and I'm sure, and I've heard, you know, especially kids and teenagers, you know, they're the fans that sit there and. You know, a guest of mine said he was in a C's in the in the Burbank Mall and this kid's like, Hey, you're in that show and all of a sudden the kids in the mall, it's like a fourteen year old fifteen year old going, Hey, such and such is this and all of a sudden these people are coming into C's. Has anything happened like that where just people Yes get it. and how do you deal with that?
1: Um, I, I laughed because I actually got knocked down in an airport um by a big group of screaming girls. It was pretty adorable. <laughs> I didn't see them coming at all. (laughs) I was just with a hat on my head and reading a book. And um, they must have been headed home for spring break or headed for spring break. Who who knows what the circumstance was. But they had just seen She's All That. And they came rushing. And I don't know if you've ever, you can't really stop a mob of (laughs) 14-year-old girls. When they're coming at you, they're coming.
0: (laughs) So now Vampire Diaries, what, mm-hmm. what, made the, what made you love that role so much? I know you said you, you know, it's just something that's great because your sister loved it, but what made you love it?
1: Well, okay. You, when you have a fan in your family, that's it. You, you, you put your nose down and you try and go and do it. Um, and then it was also, to me, when they, they told me about it, it was, I was supposed to be the one human on the show. So I thought that was kinda cool. And then I was also the good guy. And that doesn't happen for me a lot. So I'm usually the bad guy. I'm usually the bad guy on your T V. So it was really nice for me to go after something where I was gonna get to be the good guy for
0: once. Now, have you ever got killed on TV or how many times have you been killed?
1: I quite a few
0: so what is <laughs> what what was the worst for not just for you like the the one the scariest that you sat there and went i know you're not actually dying but mm-hmm. you went wow this is really bizarre and what was the one that you just said oh my god this is just bizarre and i'm really excited to do it
1: um i've been excited to to be killed every single time because i i like the, the special effects um the one i was least excited about where i was pretty miserable was prison break and it actually never made it onto the show, so yours truly is still alive.
0: So, what did they do to you? That was
1: they shot me in my head.
0: Oh, now 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 did the squibs ever hurt?
1: Yes, I have made a ton of also really terrible movies and bad other things, and um, sometimes things have gone wrong. <laughs> and the squibs will slide off the the pack that they're on and actually explode on your skin. That happened to me twice.
0: Now, what's your favorite? Your favorite death scene you've been in?
1: Halloween H2O, favorite of all time, hands down. I was tortured and then hung from a um, a light bulb in a in a closet.
0: So they hung you. No, no. Yeah, I mean, that must But be. they
1: stabbed me a lot first.
0: But now, now the stabbing though, I mean, they, they, it's not a real knife. So I mean, sit there, but how do you sit there and react to that? Because it's like when they keep stabbing you after a while. You have, gotta, you,
1: have you seen one of those knives?
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's. I guess uh, you're.
1: I also am afraid of blood. Okay. And there was a, a great deal of fake blood on my body.
0: And you were so afraid of it. There
1: was a lot of terror happening there for me. And the, the gentleman who was playing Michael Myers never took that mask off, not once.
0: See, that would scare me
1: scared the crap out of me he would be lurking around on set in the shadows behind us while we were shooting other things he was as creepy as they get and by the way he didn't take it off until the very end it turned out it was a friend of mine so i was even more mad
0: <laughs> so now now you're also on hit the floor
1: i am i'm doing hit the floor okay
0: so now now that's once again a different role you I mean you're, you're really different so what's your role on hit the floor
1: Hit the Floor is, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's like a grown-up version of Taylor Vaughn from She's All That. It's like what happened to Taylor when she got into her 30s. Um, This woman is an actress. She was apparently a superstar. She had a high-profile marriage to Pete Davenport, who was a famous basketball player. So they were a little bit of Hollywood royalty. And now they're not so much anymore. He's the coach of the team, and her movie career has failed, and... She's still desperately in love with her ex-husband, and she's all of the cliches that I could come up with for an actress.
0: <laughs> now, what is that like I mean, when you think about it? You said it's like a character you played all grown up. That must be full circle almost. It must be very, for you, it must be like a, it's, a, a, it's a great re-
1: role. It's very satisfying, I'll tell you that. I get to flounce around all day long and... And make people miserable and in in a very funny way.
0: <laughs> now, do you pull from the old character from *She's All That*? Do you pull from that when you're doing this to sit there and go, "I want to play it like that," or you just play it how the script goes?
1: No, I I you know I, I actually play it from a lot of examples in my life. I we we've we all know Lionel. Everyone's met her. <laughs> there's little pieces from people I've met and known my whole life, and then there's little pieces of me in there too.
0: So now you also did an episode of *Lucifer*.
1: Yes. Now, so that, fun.
0: That must be cool because you get to hang with the devil.
1: Yeah, and, you get to hang with the devil, and, then and I and I got to meet Lauren German, who is ridiculously beautiful and fantastically funny, and we have pretty much the same sense of humor, and so many friends in common. It was great. It was just, it was a real departure for me.
0: And the devil is a handsome guy in that show too. And he's
1: a handsome gentleman.
0: You guys, you got the life. I'm telling you. Know,
1: you know. You know.
0: So now, now earlier you said you were a foodie. I am now. Now, what are some of your favorite places to eat in Burbank or in the LA area?
1: Oh God, now this is rough. Okay, I'm a big sushi fan.
0: What's your sushi? What because I want to know because I always go to I go to uh, Octopus in Burbank because it's always half price and their pieces are really good and Where's it's fresh. Where's that? Octopus is on Palm, right near the you know downtown Burbank, Uh-huh. Uh, Palm Street. It's right next to Media City Tan and it's near the Starbucks. And all their pieces are very big. And they're always half price. And it's like, to me, it's the best sushi in downtown.
1: Huh. I'm a Katsuya girl. Are you? Yeah. The old one. The original Katsuya. Not the new one.
0: <laughs> now, do you cook a lot?
1: I cook all the time.
0: Now, so what, that, what would someone get if they came to your house? Are you someone who is, do you have, are you a vegan or a vegetarian or do you cook everything?
1: I've been through many incarnations with uh, my diet. Um, I was vegan for a very long time. I've been vegetarian for a very long time. Um, I do eat fish now. Um, I can occasionally be talked into something else, but it's very rare. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll pretty much cook for whatever audience I have, so I'm happy to try anything new.
0: Now, how did you learn to cook? Just trial and error?
1: Self-taught. Self-taught.
0: Self-taught. So now, do you use a lot of spices? Burn a lot of toast. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, tamarind. No, tamarind is a new spice, and that's uh, that's very popular. And mm-hmm. It's supposed to be very good for you.
1: Yeah, anti-inflammatory.
0: See that? So you know. Now, I now do. do you do you eat? Do you like to eat healthy, or you one of these healthy eaters?
1: I do. I eat a lot of kale. It's super boring, but it's my favorite.
0: Kale's good Just yeah. kale's changed though. It's look, like
1: look, it's like a scrub brush. You yeah. put it in your body.
0: Well, when you're younger, like all the buffets, they would put the food on kale. And then all of a sudden someone said, you can eat this kale and it's great for you. So now we're all eating. My girlfriend juices with that stuff all the time. Yep, true, and yeah, And it's good. It's like, the, and the juice is also, I mean, she is a Nutribullet because if you juice, it takes so much work and you sit there and you get like, a, you have a, a whole crate of apples and you get like three ounces of juice.
1: Truth. I have a Vitamix, so same difference. I do the same thing. I put the whole vegetable and the whole fruit right in.
0: Okay, we have a few minutes left. What else is uh, what else is coming up with your career? I mean, are you doing what's what's going on with you?
1: Well, gosh, right now is it's all hit the floor all day. We're doing our Monday night viewings with the cast, um, and waiting to see what happens, what becomes of us. Um, did a little bit more work on Vampire this year, Vampire Diaries. Um, I'm I'm sad to say that I think that that's the end of Dr. Joe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They did put vampire blood in my mouth, so you—you you, before I died, you never know what can happen. It is a supernatural show, but at the moment, I am—I am I'm en- enjoying my peacock destroying dogs and and working a little bit with hit the floor and waiting to see when our new season starts.
0: Any more of the conventions coming up, or is that something you would want to do more, or is that something you enjoy?
1: Yeah, I have a few more coming up this year where I'm actually going to get to speak a little bit. Um, and they're saying that they're going to par- partner me up with Matt Davis, which is great. He was my on-screen husband on Vampire Diaries.
0: How great is that? I mean, you sit there and it must be great because when you go speak, it's the people seem to want to know more than just a show. They want to know about you and you seem to be becoming a role model, which you must embrace because for any woman or any guy to be a role model must be just a great feeling and you can make such a difference to young women because now, you know, and young kids because Kids now are punks. And you, and you no, I' mean seriously, they're different. I mean, we were different, you know, we yeah. were we were behaved, but it must yeah, be we great. Were. I mean, seriously, you think about it. you we could run around. We didn't play a lot of video games, but ha- that must be very invigorating to you to sit there and actually be considered a role model and talk to these people and have them ask questions about you and your body and what you think. That must be an awesome feeling
1: it's it's actually one of the most satisfying feelings that there is. There was a a woman who had asked me a question about um my weight and about my what what I do. and, and I talked to her kind of candidly about, um, how my weight has flip-flopped, you know, 30 pounds here and there, like a, not like a couple pound gain, but I've been sort of every different size that there is. And they just, and tried to be comfortable in my body with whatever weight I was at and, and however I was feeling. And I'm not a delicate flower. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big girl. I'm five foot nine and I'm, I can carry a ton of weight and I, I just talked to them about how, you know, this industry that I'm in, they want you to be a certain size and a certain this and a certain that, and you just you just have to kind of embrace what you have. And at the end of all of it, she came up and said she wanted to take a photo with me because of how I spoke about how I feel about myself and that she didn't want to at first, but then she heard what I had to say and that she really wanted to take a photograph with me.
0: Well, I think that's great. I and think
1: I, I was like, gosh, I, I, man, when I, when I was first starting in this business, I would have loved to have heard a woman say that she was comfortable being 40 pounds heavier than Hollywood expected her to be.
0: And it's good that you're fighting that thing because it's, it's, and it's changing. I think the curve is coming up. It's changing so much. It's really different now. And that must and be from cool. the time that
1: I came up and I started when it was like, you know, you need to be 90 pounds. So you it's ever different?
0: Yeah. You must sit there and go, man. And first of all, it's like, you must feel good that you can actually be yourself. And, yeah. and, and, and the thing is you've been yourself and you've, your career has lasted forever and you've constantly worked and you've been able to be yourself and actually grow more to yourself. So you must be very proud of yourself.
1: I'm I'm pretty proud about that I'll tell you <laughs> yeah it's it's a nice feeling it's um just being able to walk around in my own shoes and feel comfortable it's it's the best gift all of this has given me
0: see that's great well you know I I want to thank you for coming on um, I'm glad I know you're out of town a lot and mm-hmm. I'm glad you could take the time and uh, come in and and your wonderful. PR man Peter there, who's been <laughs> sitting there the whole time. And he's he's blushing now. We're just gonna call him Quiet
1: Pete because no, he, he doesn't have a lot to say today,
0: does he? No, it's all right. No, we were talking before, but he's here. He doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Pete, give her, her so, give us, give us, talking to her microphone, and give her social media stuff. Oh he doesn't want to. All right. you have to. Just no 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 Pete. Okay. No Joe, no Jody Lynn don't worry. He, he's shy. It's all right. It was guys. only one line, Peter. Peter come got on. shy. He did. Oh now he's never gonna book another client from you guys because he said that damn Cooper. Anyway, Instagram- <laughs> He's just never gonna come with me anywhere ever again. <laughs> so what's what's your Instagram again?
1: At Jody L O K. J. O. D. I L O K.
0: And you you put a lot of stuff up there. I good do. Stuff. And
1: then my Twitter is Jody Lynn underscore O'Keefe. But <laughs> I, I have a little verification mark next to both of those so you'll know
0: it's me. So people go find her, go follow her, you know, because it's something you know you gotta follow people from jersey you gotta follow people from jersey
1: follow, me. follow, exactly. from jersey.
0: follow me on twitter at cooper talk remember every every time there's a uh, debate i tweet the hell out of it because i just i love to do it uh, go to my <laughs> go to my website coopertalk.net i have a uh, 485 episodes up there you can check them all out you can also send me an email at cooper at coopertalk.net if you go to itunes or stitcher you can type in one word coopertalk because for some reason if you do two words Anderson Cooper shows comes up, but so you do one word Cooper talking, you find me there, and my other website, you know, it means a lot to me. You go to stopthesalt.com. You remember when I had heart problem a few years ago and was in the hospital for five days? When I got out, I changed my diet. I decided, you know what? I got to eat healthy. I want to live. So there's 120 recipes, and they're all easy. I mean, they're low sodium. They're easy to make. No pictures because people get intimidated by pictures. So there's no pictures, and there's no big list of ingredients. So if you don't have cumin in the house, Don't worry, I have nothing with cumin. You sit there, you make it, you'll feel healthy, and you can buy it at StopTheSalt.com. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com, but if you buy it at StopTheSalt.com, I make more money. So that's all about it, (laughs) me making more money. So please follow Jodie Lynn. Send her something nice, say something nice, go to IMDb, look at her work, go to Hulu and Netflix and check all her stuff. And that's about it. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.